Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of I Give That 10 Minutes. This has been a great journey. To be fair, I'm amazed it's still going, but I'm really happy to continuously bring podcast fun and entertainment to all you guys, so thanks for listening. Today's episode is a really special one, one that I'm very, very happy to bring to you because my guest on the show today is someone that's been a big supporter of me and my journey. It's been a real help. Some of the knowledge I've uh, been given by this guest has been really helpful to keep me going and keep me striving to make a better product for all you guys at home. So without further ado, let me please introduce to you the amazing Miss Tazita Gantz. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you today? I am great. I am very excited to be here. I've been wanting to do this with you for a really long time. Yeah, so. me too. I'm really excited and I remember the first time that you messaged me and we finally got to like do like a little like introduction meeting and meet up. Um, I had told you that I had been a fan of yours for quite a while and wanted to message you but thought that you were like a little more advanced than I was so I was nervous. Oh. Um, so it was like so jaw dropping for me to like get a message from you being like, hey, we should interact. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I listened to this guy. Oh, my God. Oh, bless you. It's, it's nice to hear. Tazita is the host of the Let's Talk Fandoms podcast. A podcast literally says it on the tin. It's about fandoms. Yeah. What more could you ask for in life? If you're a fan of anything, you're considered a part of a fandom group. And it's kind of how we started bonding certain topics, certain subjects, what we're both fans of, help to bridge this gap between us and get this collaboration on the go. Yeah, it's it's such a fun podcast for me because, I mean, you said it best, it's literally anything that you like can be a fandom. Um, exactly. I mean, we have episodes about, you know, specific fandoms such as Twilight and um, Vampire Diaries and Pirates of the Caribbean. But mm. then we also talk about like, drug and alcohol in media and we talk about pornography and we talk about like how is that influencing young children and kind of their sexual experiences so it's really kind of I wanted to make a podcast that's very broad and accepting but that also like has fun and you know we have debates about Marvel versus DC and Edward versus Jacob and it's just it's a lot of fun there so I I recommend it I do too I've I've listened to (laughs) Listen to it to and from work, commuting on my downtime, and it's always like it always seems like it comes across as such a great show to be part of. The guests are really fun to listen to. You yourself are really, really good host, and thank um, you. Inspiring, inspiring. Like I say, the knowledge you've given me, the advice, the tips have really helped me to to keep my journey going. And although it's not just about me, we as podcasters are are a global thing, so we all want to help each other out. But it's so nice when you get given help, and it. It, it rubs off and it, it comes across in the product. Like I've said, I want to make a good product for people, reason for people to listen to more and more. So any tips and knowledge passed on is gratefully received. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that like the podcasting host community, at least that that I've been able to be a part of and engage with are very similar. Like we're all super helpful and we want to expand the knowledge that we've gained. And And I've had some really great hosts that are just leaps and bounds above me that have given me a lot of knowledge that has been incredibly beneficial so just hearing that that I'm able to kind of pass on any kind of knowledge that is helpful makes me really happy and and it makes me feel like I'm you know passing it forward and helping other people because I do believe that I'm still such a very small podcast I (laughs) I think you're vastly superior to me I must admit (laughs) 
the quality you produce is, is much better than mine, in my opinion. Although I, I think I'm doing quite well. You know, I think pe- you're doing pretty fantastic. Yeah. Anyone who disagrees, please get in touch. You know how to get in touch with me by now. But <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait till the end of the episode before you start bringing in those comments, guys. Right. Now, the reason we've come together for this episode is because we're going to discuss something that I would consider a major phantom, certainly in my, in my childhood and youth growing up. I've brought Cesar on because I want to discuss iconic vehicles, a topic which I've discussed many a time with various friends and family members. But as a kid, as a youngster, there'd be many a vehicle on a poster, on a picture, on a TV show, movie, etc., that I would think, oh, I wish I had that car, I wish I had that vehicle. And I'd imagine what it'd be like to drive them, pilot them, be a part of them. Certainly growing up, toy, toy lines especially, they were always predominant with like vehicles of some sort that were based on these iconic images. You know, we're talking things like the Batmobile and we're talking Kit and we're talking the 18 van and, and the Mystery Machine for just a few examples. And I, I've got you on because you you have a very good understanding of fandoms being the host of a fandoms podcast that I feel like you have a vital opinion to bring. There's going to be elements of, of your child, of your youth, where you, you've seen people using vehicles, worshipping vehicles, wanting to have these specific vehicles growing up. Anything jumps out in terms of your youth that you thought, my God, I'd love that on a poster. I'd love to be driving that right now. It's funny you say this because I I reached out to some friends and family uh, when we talked about kind of doing this topic. And I asked them about like, you know, we would do these like uh, these movie nights whenever we'd come and visit family over the winter holidays. Mm. And we would watch these kind of like iconic winter films. And a lot of them kept talking about how some of the biggest and kind of most important vehicles or transportation that we saw wasn't specific to a movie, but was specific to nostalgic kind of tendencies, which was Santa Claus's sleigh. Oh, yeah. And the films that just that showed the the differentiating aspects of it and how it looks. But it all has the same elements of, you know, it's red and gold it flies, it has reindeer to transport it. Um, It's transporting presence around the world. It has, you know, this capacity to get around the world in less than a day. It's, It's this very like magical entity that brings joy and excitement. And you think about that when you think of Christmas movies, when you think of Santa Claus, when you think of elves, really when you think about anything that deals with Christmas or winter. And so I really wanted to like start this off with a bang and talk about just us like just a normal sleigh absolutely ultimately one of the most iconic images vehicles out there yeah everyone around the world wants to imagine what it's like to be riding that sleigh whatever format it takes you know there are modern day equivalents you see in in literature in films and whatnot where it's more futuristic you know he's got rocket boosters on the back or he's got satin nav or he's got so you know a a cocoa machine on board that kind of thing But, but ultimately it is the red and gold, they're being pulled by reindeer, big sack yeah. on the back. It's a really iconic image. When it comes to like Christmas music on a CD cover, um, you know, movies on a DVD, a poster, the biggest thing that you're usually seeing is Santa Claus's sleigh on the imagery. And it's because it's so iconic, because it's it's so recognizable, and it brings that instantaneous kind of feeling of excitement and joy and, you know, that Christmas spirit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so like when when we first talked about this topic, this was one of the big ones that came to mind. 
It doesn't get much bigger than Santa Runner's sleigh, let's be honest. It's, <laughs> a, it's the top of the leaderboard in terms of iconic imagery and vehicles. Who doesn't want to be on the back of the sleigh riding it? Who doesn't want to exactly. be hidden in the sack and, and smuggling yourself on board to see where he goes and how fast it goes? Exactly. It's just, as a kid, you look up and think, what if he goes past the house now? What if he's on the roof? Mm-hmm. I want to see the sleigh. It's right. just, everyone has their own visions of it, their, their own imaginations of how they would perceive seeing it if it was real. I remember when um, when I was a kid, so my brother and I, we were raised Jewish, but we still thought that Santa was real. So we kind of figured like, oh, he's not coming to our house, so we can look out the window and see if we can see him. And so we would try staying up all night and we would, I think we would finally go to bed around like 2 a.m. because we would just be so tired, (laughs) but we would, we would like get our sleeping bags out and sit in the living room and we would, you know, we'd have flashlights and we'd wait to hear something stir and we'd, you know, run outside and then our house alarm would go off and our mom would say, come back in. You don't need to do that. But like that excitement and that like just wanting to catch a glimpse of it, I think also kind of brings in that whole aspect of this is amazing and fantastic. And then when you get older and you have children, you want to kind of pass on that excitement to them. So again, it's that kind of recognition through generations of kind of what is the ideal winter time and what is the ideal like winter transportation. And I've always thought of that as a sleigh or a sled. Absolutely. Especially now (laughs) you've got a lot of retail outlets, even the one I I work for, which are all doing the big Christmas push. You know, it's the Mm -hmm. the countdown to Christmas has begun and you see constant imagery of sleighs and reindeer and presents and a big white beard and you know a red costume and bells and jingling and all this kind of stuff it's got to be one of the most iconic vehicles out there it It has to be it really is and the way that it's kind of come out of the fictional kind of world and been brought into this um like our modern modern day society not exactly with it working But I've seen a lot of sleds that are more modeled after the sleigh kind of look, either the color, the trimming of it, the largeness of it. And even when you go to real retail shops, specifically like malls, and you go to see Santa and the elves in the North Pole, nine times out of 10, there is a sleigh there. Um, I know at the mall closest to us, they have a big sleigh with this big sack on the back and the, the Santa Claus that's there gives kids presents that day that they come and see them. And it's just a very magical thing. And they get to take pictures on the sleigh and it's, it's fantastic. And it's wonderful to see that that fictional kind of transportation unit is able to then kind of be a real unit in your family dynamic of taking a picture with it, going to it every year, recognizing what it is. I mean, again, it's, it's gotta be the ultimate, the ultimate iconic vehicle. (laughs) I mean, there's so many you could, you could pick and choose from anyone's childhood, you know, whether it be yeah. a plane, a car, a truck, a transforming vehicle, you know, a yeah. boat, whatever it might be. They all have an impact on your childhood. I've followed them for many years since being a kid, a boy, a young man, whichever terminology you prefer. And I always aspired to have these things and, and never did. I mean, now, now in my later years, I have started building a collection of Batmobiles based on the Hot Wheels. Yes. And I'm loving that. It does kind of rekindle my youth for fandoms. And collectability and having toys in my life as an as a as an older man, I'm still allowed to have toys, so it's okay. Total, but, of course. Yeah, there's so, no age limit. Have exactly, all the toys you want. Exactly. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you said that because I, I still intend to get a lot more. <laughs> um, it's always 
with me, it's always specific ones. I don't just want to get anything. I've got to get specific I, ones that, that make me feel like these are parts of my childhood. Like yeah. the Batmobiles, big Batman fan growing up as a kid, and I still am. So I've concentrated a lot of my collectability on just Batmobiles because that's where I relive my youth. And, yeah. Um, you know, I've started buying other things that are from other versions. You know, we've got like comic book based vehicles, I've got movie based vehicles, I've got TV show vehicles, and I'm starting to build a collection based on that. But it's all about specific vehicles that I was a fan of, not just it was a cool thing to be in, you know, in a film of some sort. It's just right. if, if it's just specific to my tastes, which is fine because everyone's got their own different tastes. Hence well, and what's so exciting with fandoms and the excitement that people get, so specifically with you and being very interested in the Batmobile, specifically with Hot Wheels, it's not just you that feels that way. There are other people on this planet that feel that way, that are collecting specific Hot Wheel Batmobile cars that have them in mint condition, still in the package, such as you do. And the excitement of like the internet and the world is that you can meet people that do that, or you can like see people on Instagram that have it, or on TikTok that have it, or anywhere in the world that have it, and you feel that kind of connection with them. And it doesn't have to be like an in-person connection, but it's just like we have a very similar liking to this very specific niche topic. And the fact that I know that someone somewhere else in the world has this other liking it kind of brings on those feelings of like, okay, I'm not too old to do this. I'm not too weird to do this. It's not crazy that I'm doing it because other people are reinforcing the fact that they do it too. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not harming anybody. It's all good. I'm exactly. just I'm making myself feel better, which is a pride thing, but I don't care. No, <laughs> but that's great. Like, yeah. what else are we doing in this world if not to make ourselves happy without hurting someone else? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I have to admit... A lot of these kind of vehicles that that I intend to kind of have a nod to are all kind of sci-fi and 80s based, I think, because okay. I, I grew up with a lot of TV in the 80s that was predominantly, you know, action based and sci-fi sure. based and so on, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of it came from that kind of genre. I don't know about you in terms of, in terms of vehicles, iconic ones anyway, did you find that anything that you thought was a really cool looking vehicle came from like an action show or a sci-fi show or was it something more... I don't want to say more feminine, but well, more feminine. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, don't... like Cinderella with the whole, you know, the oh, whole the carriage, and carriage, and how and... iconic is her carriage, though? Oh my god! And I mean, you think of specific elements that are iconic in movies that aren't anthropomorphized, right? Oh, so, like, words. you think of, oh, thank you. Look at me. Um, but you think of like Cinderella's shoe, yes. incredibly iconic. You think of her carriage, incredibly iconic. You think of, um, for me, I think of Belle's dress. Okay. I mean, insanely iconic. And there are specific things. And I think that goes very similarly with planes, trains, and automobiles when it comes to fictional aspects. Um, I don't know about like more feminine aspects, but... As a kid, I did watch a lot of um, like spy shows and spy movies where oh, yeah. females were the spies. So like, oh, crap. No, of course, I can't think of it. Um, there was the animated show on Cartoon Network called Totally Spies. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it was three spy females. There was the Charlie's Angels. Of course, yeah. Three spy females. I mean, there are just so many. And for me, it was always the fact that these females were driving these like 
luxury high-end sports cars like a man would be driving them, right? Like 007 would be driving it, like James Bond would be driving it. And to me, that was always like, that is amazing and fantastic. And seeing even animated characters driving them and having the confidence to do that. Not that I thought that like sports cars were only for men, yeah. but I think getting the opportunity to see strong females who were spies that were doing the same thing that their male counterparts were doing were iconic to me. And the things that always stood out the most when it came to the vehicles were always the cars. Cars of any kind of format are always right. You know, you you have, um, like, in more recent years, you had Wreck-It Ralph, where you had um, Vanellope wanting to push herself to be a a racer. A goat cart. And um, as basic as it looked, because it was was made out of sweets at the end of the day, made out of candy. But it, it still looked cool on screen. And... When we got to the second variation of the film, where she teamed up with Gal Gal Gadot's character, yeah, very kind of Fast and Furious kind of style, oh yeah, animated. Again, female leads, great cars, great action sequences. It doesn't have to be a male-dominated action world, so it's it's nice to have those nods. And even in in the recent Bond movie, there's a lot of female characters in there that take the stage, take the main scenes. And why not? Nice. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Barbie, Barbie, right? I mention it because. She always seems to have cool vehicles. Car. Oh my god! Yes. I mean, aside from the hot pink coloration, you know, but she, that's iconic on pretty, its own. Well, it is. It's it's you know, not not necessarily specific to Barbie, but that's what she's kind of known for. Those hot yeah. pinks and those bright colors. But she's always got like you know, a cool beach buggy or a great oh, off-roader or some kind of amazing. bus or a camper van or something like that. Yeah. And I'm thinking she must live such a cool life to have this entire array of vehicles. You know, the last time I had this yeah. many vehicles was when I was playing Grand Theft Auto. You know, <laughs> the garage was just full of cars, but not none that I'll ever own, but, you know, still. Well, and what's really cool is in the last maybe like eight or ten years, they've created the um, like the animated Barbie life. Uh, I think it's like Life in the Dreamhouse uh, animated right. show. Um, and I know you can find it on YouTube and you can also find it on Netflix. Okay. Um, they've got like the whole series there. Um, they're they're quite short. I think they were originally on some other like TV network. Um, but I, I watched a few episodes of those because I too also thought of Barbie and kind of her cars. But in the show, I mean, they really explore her vehicles. I mean, she very much like you said, she's got her sports car. She's got her Jeep, which is like a heavy duty off-roading Jeep. She's got um, like an ATV thing that she goes on I mean she's just she's got a motorcycle like she's got all of these really cool not exactly quote-unquote feminine vehicles that she's very comfortable on and confident on and she also at least in the show they're very adamant to show that like Ken who is her boyfriend in the show obviously is like fine with it right and it's just like that this is your life and your stuff and do what you want to do which to me i think sends a great message but just like the cars themselves are just i remember with barbie i was like i want i want to do that i want to be on an atv just like barbie many times i've been envious of that woman just because of (laughs) it because of her vehicle collection again it's just Fantastic. I, I wish I owned an ATV. I don't because I'll be honest with you, motor, motorbikes, motorcycles, ATVs, they're not my kind of thing. But I get that. But they do look cool. They, and, you know, racing oh, around in the, on a dirt track or something, you, you think, oh, so I cool. could do that. But 
it's not for me. But maybe not, yeah. No. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. No, definitely not. I'd be like Ken watching from the sidelines going, no, I'm doing that. <laughs> no, no, thank you. I will say, you did mention um, the Batmobile before. Yes. Which um, I am a big, big Batman fan. Um, Love it. Uh, Absolutely fantastic. And when I was in middle school, my mom got me the the Lego Batmobile set. So I took it to like boarding school with me and would spend hours working on the Lego set. Um, But like that just, that just kind of, shows the expansiveness of the fandom. I mean, Lego, a Danish company, is creating a lot of Lego creations for specific fandoms. They are phenomenal, and they are so in tune to what's going on in pop culture. Yeah. And I remember getting that in the mail and thinking I was the coolest kid (laughs) and thinking I, like... I just, I hit jackpot and it was amazing. And then with kind of this new era with TikTok and Instagram and people being able to do these kind of longer videos, I mean, I find myself in a rabbit hole of watching people taking apart their cars, putting them back together to turn them into different cars from fandoms. And I'm currently watching this guy, I think his name is uh, Billy something or other, I'll have to find it, but he's currently the last two years has been working on creating a Batmobile, like a real life Batmobile with all of these bells and whistles. Um, and he's trying to get it um, like road certified. Wow. It's it's intense and amazing to watch him do it because he goes under the car and he goes, you know, into the transmission and how he kind of messes with the engine and messes with the pistons and what he needs to really be doing with it. It's, oh, it's fantastic to watch them get so intergrained in a vehicle that I pretend like I know so much about because I've watched all the movies and I've watched all the animated shows yeah. and I, and I built the Lego, the Lego set. So clearly I know everything about the Batmobile. <laughs> Of course, self-taught. There we go. Exactly. And it's just, it's fantastic that, like, that's what we get to partake in. Yeah. Like like you say, with, with Lego being totally on point with current trends, we, my family and I, we recently went to um, a Lego Discovery Center, which is a small in, indoor amazing. theme park based around Lego. And um, as you're coming out with many theme parks or places of interest, you have a gift shop, which you Of do. course. Obviously, there's loads of... Little little Lego based trinkets, but then you get sure. the big sets, and they're really on the money because they've just brought out this kind of deluxe ultimate Ecto One in time for the oh. new Ghostbusters movie. They brought out this big deluxe uh, Aston Martin in time for the Bond movie. And, oh my god! And because there's a new re-release of, um, I say re-release, there's another reboot of of Batman with Robert Pattinson Batman pending. They've done a new Ultimate Batmobile and so on and so oh, on. Wow. So they're really on form with iconic vehicles based on current movies that are coming out and right up the forefront. And it just makes me want them even more. Yeah. It's one of those things with Bond, with Batman, with Ghostbusters, the imagery they, they produce will always have a following, a cult following, a fandom. Yeah. And especially now that there's new variations coming out and new movies, it, it kind of 
it kind of ignites you again for, to be a, a fan, especially Definitely. if it's a franchise that maybe hasn't been around for a little while. Like Ghostbusters just kind of went, right. away, went away for a bit, but now it's back in the mainstream again, and rightly so. So I'm very excited. Yeah, it's wonderful seeing these things come back up because I'm I'm hearing kids talk about these films like they're new. Yeah. And for me, it's like, oh my God, am I, first of all, am I that old to where <laughs> I'm now judging you? But it's like, it's exciting to see them excited. And I talked about this when I, uh, when I did an episode on my podcast about reboots, but when The Mandalorian came out and there were a lot of people that were like, oh my God, I love The Mandalorian. I haven't watched any of the Star Wars. I now need to watch them. And like, in my head, it was like, how did you not watch any of the Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? It, it's kind of hard to to get in the mindset of there's people in the world who've not seen these movies or these shows. <sighs> and so it does Wild. it does make you excited when someone's discovering it for the first time, when they see that yeah. first scene of the of the Imperial um, Star Destroyer coming onto the screen. That Ugh. first scene when they see Darth Vader for the first time, when they see mm -hmm. Michael Keaton's Batman coming down from the rooftops for the first time. You know, that big reveal of the Ecto-1 coming out of the firehouse when it's all painted yes. up. These are images that really kind of have bonded into my memory from my childhood. And like mm -hmm. you said, people are discovering them now and it really does make me happy because it's, yeah. it's more vehicles on posters, on, on walls, on TV. Everywhere. And, and I just obsess even more. I want to drive that car. I want to fly that plane. Yes. Um, I do want to talk about the actor one, actually, with the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie imminent. The fandom for the actor one has gone through the roof. There's been a lot of documentaries coming out and a lot of behind-the-scenes oh, footage of people like trying to recreate their own versions of the actor one. Oh, Buy really? Buying all these old ambulances and hearses and you know decorating oh, wow. them to look like the actor one because, again, it's back oh. in the forefront now. New fans coming out of the woodwork and recreating to me, one of my all-time favourite vehicles ever. Now, as a Ghostbusters fan, the Ecto-1 has to be one of the main reasons to watch the movie because it's such a Thousand great percent. vehicle. Yeah. Um, it's a character in itself. You know, you don't... When you take aside other ghosts, the supernatural stuff, the great comedy, the great actors, you've got that vehicle right there, which it stands... It's in its own scene. It can be just left there to be looked at and will take yeah. the attention of everybody. What a great vehicle. Did you ever... Imagine what it would be like to be in, in the vehicle or certainly be a ghost. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> oh my God. My brother and I, we, when we grew up, my mom had this very old like Volkswagen hatchback. It was a very long car. Okay. Um, but in the backpack, it had seats that reversed. Oh. So you could like sit and you can watch. And it was amazing. So my brother and I, we would always sit in the back when it was parked and pretend like we were in it. Oh. And oh, Oh the oh the fun times we had it was incredible. Oh my god! So did Absolutely you, did you have to imagine like scenes that you're in in the movie? Oh, or of just course, make your own? of course. We used hoses. We tried to use anything, and we would um, we would especially go out there when it was like night. It would be like you know seven or eight o'clock, and it would be dark, and um, you know like a flicker would come on and be like, oh, it's a ghost! Oh my god! And <laughs> you, you panic and freak out and like where where. <laughs> oh it's oh it's so much fun you know you'd open up the back and then close it really quickly and get scared and oh it was just the memories I've had because of the vehicle it it really is it really is the movie it really is the, like the it film, really is the film would not be what it is without the actor one 
Exactly. It, it's such a major part of, of the movie, of the team, that it yeah. has to be considered an iconic vehicle because it is. Yeah, it, it really is. It just looks cool and it is cool. And I'm just glad to be seeing it again in the cinema this year. It just makes me feel like I'm going through my youth again. And that's what it's about. <laughs> Reliving those memories through yeah. through iconic images like vehicles that, you know, you remember your childhood and, and the toys you had as a kid and, and where, you, where you were when you were a child when these things came out. It's just... This is what I'm about, the retroness, the, the nostalgia. And yeah. this really does make me feel happy. It really does. But it, it so seems, you... again, looking at all the all the things that I've got penciled down for vehicle uh-huh. types, it's all, like, again, it's all sci-fi and action. Yeah. That's what we went for in the 80s. Big kind of impactful vehicles with flashing lights and they did all crazy things and they look cool. You know, you go to, like, um, Night Rider, for example. Now, Ooh. I don't know if, you've ever, if you're a fan of Night Rider, are you aware of oh, Night Rider? Oh, yes. Now, back in 2010, they did try to reboot it, unsuccessfully, I might add, with um, a Mustang of some sort. I don't know what the exact it model of Mustang was. It was so bad. But it really was. It really, I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm sure it's the one where David Hasselhoff cameos in the end as yeah. Michael Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, it's so bad. Yeah. But the original, my God, <sighs> my God, my God. Fantastic. What a great show. What a great yeah. car. And something I really wanted to get behind the wheel of and never did. Even in, you know, visiting the likes of Comic Cons and stuff like that and you see people crowding around. You never got the opportunity. Well, I certainly didn't. To sit in it and appreciate what it'd be like to be Michael Knight going on all those crazy missions and adventures. Yeah. Kit, what a great car. But, well, know, and I think that's another example of like where the car is the film. Yes. Um, my friend Christine when we were living together uh, a year ago, she showed me a movie called Christine, which I thought was quite funny. Um, But it was made back, I think in the eighties. And it's about a car that gets very attached to its owner and kills people in order to keep the owner with them always. But then the car can also like fix itself and all that good stuff. But that again, that film is the film because of the vehicle. And the vehicle is the film. If you take away the vehicle, there is, there is no film. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you can say that about quite a lot of films and shows. Yeah. Yeah. The, the vehicles are equally part of the of the cast as much. Yeah. As much as the cast Very itself. Much. You know, Fast and Furious franchise, as much as I, I have a real loathing for the rest of those movies because they've gone on for too long. But too long. Take the vehicles away. What are you left with? What are you doing? Um, Literally, uh, not you're just walking everywhere now. Yeah, yeah, just not really that yeah, intense. Yeah, so it it, it relies <laughs> heavily on the iconic vehicles, you know, the cool looking vehicles. <laughs> They're important, and it's it's why it's why we're chatting because they've affected everyone's lives, and we all appreciate them. We want to be be with them. We want to drive them, fly them, and collect them, like I'm doing with my with my uh, with my collectibles. Oh. Now, it, have you ever seen a vehicle of any description, whether it be on a poster in a book? in a movie, whatever it might be, and thought, I must have it. I want it. So, yes. And I don't, it wasn't on a poster, but it was like an animation of it. And then later in my life, I got to see like a real creation of it. Okay. Um, granted, it it is a real vehicle. But um, uh, so I was a really big fan growing up of the Scooby-Doo animations and franchise. Yes. Um, and because my family had a Volkswagen, I begged my mom to get a Volkswagen van. Okay. 
there was only three of us in the house. So like we clearly didn't need a car that sat like 15 people. But I begged my mom to get it because I loved that van. And it was so iconic for me because all of my family, basically, beyond me and my brother and some of my cousins, are much older than us. And they were all born in the 40s to 60s. So they grew up during that era of just the hippie, peace, love, no war era. Yeah. And there are photos of my family at like hippie convention conventions, at like festivals. My aunt's going to hate me saying this, <laughs> but my aunt dropped out of college and joined a hippie commune. And like lived in the mountains and has video evidence and photo evidence of her like driving around in a Volkswagen van with like it looked like the mystery machine with like these like very bright flowers painted on it and peace and love and oh the amount of envy I felt (laughs) of not being or not having it. And I think that was really the first time that I had experienced it was probably when the Scooby-Doo movies became live actions, I think it was like in the, what, like early 2010s, I think that it came became live actions. I think so, yeah. That I really got into that nostalgic feeling of like, that was the car I thought I was going to have when I grew up. Like that was literally the car that I wanted and no one could tell me otherwise. <laughs> um, granted now... <laughs> I don't have that car and I don't have any uh, wants to have the car to drive. But I mean, that again is a car that is just so connected to me because I had posters of it. I had those like those things where it had like the sketching of it. And then, you know, you could like draw and color and fill it in. And I remember in like third grade when we had like downtime, they would like you you would be able to print out things. And I would always print out the van and color it. And I'd have a, a picture of the actual van from Scooby-Doo. And I'd try to make it exactly the same. But yeah, yeah, that was for me. That was the the one vehicle that I knew I wanted and had to have. I agree. As, yeah. as far as cartoon vehicles go. It's a very, very impactful image. That, like yeah. you say, that you know, the bright colors and the flowers on it, the fact that it was very kind of 60s and 70s based in terms yeah. of the decor, you know, flares, they were being worn by other characters and crazy hairdos. But um, the Mystery Machine itself, wow. That's a, that's Fantastic. actually so iconic that I've, I've actually got a Batmobile that is colored in the Mystery yes. Machine's colors. <laughs> I remember showing you that a while back. Yes. Um, oh, I love it so much. So we, you know, two types of I- iconic imagery from two completely separate, you know, fandoms yeah. have come together to produce something unique. And I love that, how things something can impact fantastic. other things. There's yeah. cr- crossovers, you know, all these multiverses you keep reading about now and crossover episodes. And people, I will say you know, something that I have found out, and I don't know if it's an accurate statistic, but from what I've researched and from friends who have gone to festivals, most live, like, multi-day festivals have at least one van that is decked out to look like the mystery machine awesome. that vendors like sell stuff out of awesome oh. I, love that. I mean you mentioned um vw van which i think it is modeled on but i've yeah. i've got an obsession with the with the volkswagen camper van the kind of classic kind of 60s one yeah it's, it's my um i don't say bucket listing but it is a bucket listing to go okay. touring up and down the uk in a camper van Ooh. in my in my dwindling older years because there are many, many camping caravan sites up and down the UK, so I could just pull in, park up, sure. plug in, and enjoy life 
on the road. So yeah. that, that's something I'm going to aspire to do when I get when I get a bit older. But I, I, there lo- you go. I, I love the classic VW Camel. But the, it has to have the classic white steering wheel and the hubcaps yes. on it and the white walls. That's what I want. That's what I want to drive yeah. around to when I'm older. So that's what I'm going to aspire to again. An iconic, an iconic image. The Vito Bacampovan is on a lot of people's walls. I've got t-shirts with a Vito Bacampovan on. Exactly. It looks cool. It, it, it is the symbol of the hippie era. Exactly. Like it really is. And I think that is just another level of how it, how it is so iconic. I know that when I see any type of a VW van in another scenario or scenario in another like film or show mm. i immediately think of scooby-doo or i immediately think of like woodstock yes um, so yeah it's wonderful fantastic it's a great it's a great vehicle we touched on batmobiles earlier um mm-hmm. do you have a preference in terms of the live action batmen that have been out there in terms of which vehicle would be your favorite <sighs> for me it stands Ooh. out as the keaton one michael keaton's batmobile for me is, is the best in my opinion a lot of people have favors the more recent Christian Bale tumbler, which is more more of a tank really? than, a, than a Batmobile. It does look cool on screen, I must admit. Well, but... it looks really cool on the outside, but I don't think we see too much of it on the inside, do we? Not really. You, you see yeah. you see him kind of crouching down and going into the front right. to shoot the gun, and then it turns into a bike when it explodes. But, right. Yeah, I didn't uh... see that coming. I did not see the the bat, bat pod, I think it's called. The bat pod uh, yeah. becoming a, a part of the Batmobile itself and just launching out. I was expecting to have a separate vehicle, but no. It was integrated into the Batmobile style in case it explodes. You can just ride away on the bike. Which is, I will say, which is very clever. It is. It is um, a, it's a clever vehicle and it does look cool. Those oversized wheels look amazing. Yeah. But um, I don't know if yeah. I have a favorite. I think I'm still waiting to like see of what's more inside of it, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. I know that in the animated shows... They showed a lot of like the inside of it. Granted, yeah. it's animation, so they could make anything happen. I don't know. I'm a big fan of like seeing the interior of the car and like what does the interior do in order to enhance the exterior? Yeah. yeah. Or what are some things that are hidden inside that help you? Like, um, I know in the Christian Bale one, there is like a, like a, is it a periscope? Is that what you call it? Or like a sneakoscope where like, you can see behind you farther than like the actual eye, which I think is fantastic because no one can see that you're doing that, mm. but you have a vision of it. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of seeing inside the vehicle. I know um, this might be very odd, but when it comes to Mr. Incredibles car in yes. the second Incredibles film, they show you a lot of the inside of the car because the kids have to drive it. Correct. And so you see some of these additional features that are in it. And like, to me, that makes a really great automobile. Like that makes it above and beyond. Yeah. And so I think I'm waiting for that when it comes to the Batmobile of seeing like what's inside and like, what can I see and how does it make it more advanced? And I think that's why I like this guy, Billy, who's building kind of his own Batmobile, quote unquote, through or on TikTok showing everyone because we get to see the insides of it and you get to see what he's doing to make it more advanced so that those who are seeing it from the outside aren't exactly seeing everything. So yeah, so that's that's kind of how I feel about it. I think that's a cool thing to mention. I mean, it's all well and good having a vehicle look cool, like, mm-hmm. you know, like we said, the Batmobile and Kit and so on. But when yeah. you see the inner workings, it kind of brings a bit more realism to the, to the yes. scene. 
because yeah. you can believe that's a real vehicle. I could get right. in there. I could press those buttons. I could you know steer that wheel. I could drive that, and it becomes, as I say, more real. It becomes yeah. more more possible. I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I say, a lot of these vehicles that I grew up being a fan of were all sci-fi based. So it's all you know, imaginary. You know, talking cars and flying vehicles and whatnot. But when you see them inside, flicking a switch, pressing a certain button, you think, oh, it could it could happen. It could be done. Yeah. And I, and I love that. I love that. Yeah. I really do. I will say another um, transportation unit that I find to be fantastic because of how much time you spend inside of it is the TARDIS oh. from Doctor Who. Oh, yes. I mean, you talk about an incredible teleportation device. It is insane the amount of stuff that it can do beyond just teleporting them out of places it is iconic and incredible tardis is amazing now i i have a little test for you here just to see how how much how knowledgeable you are with uh, the doctor what what does tardis stand for i don't know (laughs) oh no this is where i get to kind of geek out a bit wait hold on is it is it is it Time apparatus. No, you got the first no. bit right. It okay, definitely okay, starts so with time. Time awakening. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid not. <laughs> oh, okay. What is it? The actual answer it stands for time and relative dimension in space. Okay. And are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, the A stands for and. <laughs> Literally. Dang it. <laughs> um, yeah, what, oh. what a pretty vehicle. It looks bigger on the inside. Like, yeah. like a lot of celebrity homes these days, you know. <laughs> if you can remember or... um, back in Cribs back in the day on MTV. You know, oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> Mariah Carey's walk-in wardrobe. That's like an extra house, you know, just for hanging clothes. Well, and... I mean, if you remember, um, if you read the books or the films of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. No, no, no. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. When they go to the Triwizard, not the Tri, I'm just saying everything wrong. <laughs> when they go to the um, the Quidditch World Cup and Mr. Weasley has this tent and it looks like maybe it can hold three people. And then you go inside and there are multi-levels and multi-rooms and there are doors and it's massive. Wow. And like, it blows my mind. <laughs> like, holy crap. All right. This is now a thing. I will look out for that. I mean, I must admit, I haven't even gotten past the first Quidditch match in the first movie in Harry Potter. And this is because I'm trying to watch it with my children. But when it comes to Harry Potter, they have a very short attention span. I need your children to catch up. I'm forcing them to watch it at some point. But I've got the entire box set there waiting. And we've literally just watched the first movie. And when they go to play Quidditch for the first time, that's as far as we've gotten. And this has been multiple attempts to watch it. And they always seem to leave at that exact bit. So have we've you got the whole box set the... waiting to watch. Have you read them? No, no, we don't have because... the, any literature to Harry Potter at the moment. Oh, my mom used to read. My mom read up until the second book to me, and then I started reading them because mm. um, I got older. Um, but now, literally, currently, right now, I am listening to the books on Audible. Okay. The guy who does it, Tim Dale, is so good. He is such a good voice actor, and he really gets you engrossed in the story. Mm. So, <laughs> sorry I'm doing this on your podcast as well, but <laughs> it's okay. I do this on my podcast all the time. I am not the biggest book reader. I love Audible, and I am not sponsored by them or anything, but I highly, highly, highly recommend Audible. Um, it's so great. They've got thousands upon millions of books. And if you're like me and maybe you're not just the 
the best reader or the fastest reader. Um, it is a really great way to make time go by. Like I, I listen to it when I'm in my car or when I'm cooking or when I'm showering and it's, it, it's great, but yes. So I'm listening to Harry Potter and I'm currently right before they get to putting their names in the Triwizard Tournament cup. And it's so good. <laughs> so good. So good. I, I have lots to look forward to when and if I get to watch these movies. Um, oh, because I I don't think, truth be told, that I will get to to read the books. I don't know. Oh. Maybe, maybe one day when I, maybe so when I've retired. However, the movies <laughs> are more when I'm retired. Yeah, the the movies are a more obviously accessible way to sure. to appreciate Harry Potter. I know Quicker, the, yeah. there's a lot of things they cut out from the books that they put into so the film, but stuff. to get the main kind of gist, gist of, the, of, of the movies uh, of the yeah. movie, sorry, of the books, then I'd watch the movies. Sure. At some point, I will get past that Quidditch match in the first movie and see what else happens in the Potter universe because yeah. I've, yet, I've yet to discover it. I've literally not seen any of them. <laughs> so it's going to be completely fresh when when I do decide to stick to it. I might end up just watching them myself and just getting to the end of the journey and see what happens. You know, you, you personally, you like podcasts. Yes. So there is a podcast that goes through the Harry Potter books. Okay. And um, again, sorry, I'm doing this on your podcast. I do it on mine all the time. <laughs> um, but there is this guy, Michael Schubert, who um, had a three-year-long podcast where he really went through, maybe three or four years, but he went through kind of the Harry Potter universe. Mm -hmm. And he started reading the books for the very first time when he was 27. Right. And he kind of goes through them. Um, every episode's like a few chapters. And it's, I mean, he really does it well. Like he really kind of goes with you through the books, tells you his thoughts and ideas and opinions. Um, and he has different guests every episode. Um, so if you have yet to watch or listen to Harry Potter and you want to get to know more about the actual world, or if you are a Harry Potter lover and you just kind of want to get back into it, um, the podcast is called Potterless and it's really good. Um, he's currently on to his next adventure, which is about um, the Percy Jackson series, oh, yeah, which is yeah. called The Newest Olympian. But yeah, for Harry Potter lovers and novices, I'd recommend Potterless. Good yeah. recommendation. Nice. Thank you. Thank and, you. And those recommendations themselves are a type of vehicle, you know, ushering people along to <laughs> discovering something new. The knowledge vehicle, yes. yes. The, oh, the knowledge vehicle. I like that. <gasps> Thank you. There's, there's got to be some kind of um, patent for that, surely. It's just vehicle of knowledge, patent pending. Mm, I would, I would, uh, <laughs> I'd see you on a Shark Tank because it's, you know, that's what you have over there. We have dragons, then you have Shark Tank. There you go. Yeah. Bridging the gap again. Yes. Hey everyone, do you like original takes on your favourite movies, TV shows, and more? I certainly do. Why not head over to stuffofkings.co.uk? Hailing from Liverpool, England, the mighty Stuff of Kings brings you a great selection of pin badges, art prints and more. There's something for everybody. Find them on the socials at Stuff of Kings. Use the exclusive code DAVIA10 over at stuffofkings.co.uk. That's DAVIA10 to receive a special discount. You'd be mad not to. I'm going to mention a couple of vehicles, and I just want to mm -hmm. know if, if you if you know of them or if you have any sure. memories about seeing them. Okay, sure. The, the general, You'll have to tell me where they're where the they're general, from. As well. The General Lee. Have you heard the General Lee? What's it from? Uh, the Dukes of Hazard. I've never seen the Dukes of Hazard. That's okay. It's oh, no. it's um, a Dodge Charger, bright orange. The doors are permanently oh, closed. Both, both the Duke brothers have to climb in through the um, the windows like a stock oh, car. No. Like like a stock car, so it's uh, yeah. yeah, being chased by you know 
corrupt uh, politicians and whatnot in in a that's hilarious in a hillbilly based town. It, it, oh god! The film spin off I didn't like it. It starred um, Johnny Knoxville, I believe, was in it. Oh, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of him as yeah, an actor. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right, I suppose. Yeah, so I, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, but but that was an iconic vehicle. It had a very um, remem- memorable, mem- memorable, memorable. I can never get yeah. never get that. That's word, okay. Um, <laughs> the the horn that it would it would um, it would the sounds it would produce. It was like a melody uh-huh. that it would um, it would play every time they would hit the horn. Uh, oh. I'm not going to try and recreate that now because oh, I was going to say, what is it? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't is that do like it. it's not the like? Um... It was like that's what I was thinking. Okay, it was like okay. That. You made me do that on camera as well. Can't believe you made me do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they were always getting into crazy adventures and being and being chased by um, by various people. But that car, very striking with a vibrant color, bright orange again, and with um kind of racing words and, and oh. numbers on it it looked cool and something i had as a kid as a toy and loved i don't have it now but it was a great car it was a great car uh we've obviously touched on batmobiles quite a lot so i'm not going to mention mm-hmm. batmobiles because i think it's time we moved on from dc even though i love it's dc really great. um the x-wing from the mighty star wars franchise is my go-to vehicle in space okay now, now which one is that one the x-wing of the I suppose fighter jets, for lack of a better word, that at the oh okay that yes the uh, yes. rebellion fly now um, yes I just think they look cool on screen. The whole they, they go from standard you know plane mode to the X modes where they can be more agile and getting in and out and at quicker speeds. Such yeah. a cool, cool vehicle. It really is. Do you think, in terms of the Star Wars franchise, it's the coolest vehicle in there? <sighs> hmm. It's in tough. regards to the entire, hmm, I don't think so. It's incredible and fan. I don't, ah, uh, I just, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's so there many vehicles so in Star many, Wars. There's yeah. so many. <laughs> so many. So many. Oh, I, I mean, maybe, potentially, but I, I don't know. Like, I feel that's that's hard, kind of hard for me to say because they're, there are so many and so many of them are intense and yeah. fantastic and iconic that it's like it's hard to say that like this one is the coolest or the best for me yeah. at least um, i mean so I most people will go for the falcon i suppose the many falcon as, as the coolest one but for me the x-wing stands out for me personally okay right um, <laughs> you know the, the falcon is cool i must admit it's a cool, a cool it's vehicle. really cool and when you see most kind of star wars you know, literature, posters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The Falcon's the main vehicle you see on the screen. It is, yeah. Uh, it's uh, the one that they have on the posters, on yeah. the box. Yeah. Exactly. And <laughs> I do remember a friend of mine back when I was a kid had the Falcon as his toy, and this was a big toy, and we're going back to the early 80s. Like so, the really, like, big model ones. Yeah, the one where you could lift oh. the back off and you had the full um, the full chess set where they could sit yes. and play, and they had all the corridors that kind of just could go down. <sighs> I was, I was very jealous of him that day when I saw that. Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. come around to my house after school and we'll play with it. And that outcomes effectively an entire massive spaceship that is bigger than wow. this room for us to play in. Oh, God, it was so good. I'm so, oh. so jealous. I mean, I, I had an AT-ST, which was the two-legged version of the, the AT-AT walker on Star, on Star Wars. Ooh. I think some people refer to them as, as a scout walker as well, possibly. But um, okay. it was cool. It was cool. It had a button you could press and it made the legs walk as if... You know, it was walking through a forest or whatever. That's so cool. But um, it wasn't the Millennium Falcon. 
but it was still cool, a cool thing to right. see. So I can I can sort it. I had a decent Star Wars vehicle, but it wasn't the Millennium Falcon. Yes. So, <laughs> oh my God, I'm really digressing about the Millennium Falcon. So you know, I don't know why. <laughs> Sticking with the space theme, going from Star Wars to Star Trek. Now, the Enterprise has, uh... been, has been given many variants and many many shows, many films, so cool. where they've all had different different versions of it and like Picard right. said after they destroyed the Enterprise D there's still plenty more letters in the alphabet so they can right. make another Enterprise great I love that line love it obviously the original would be considered the best because of the sleekness of it right but it is the original it is, it the, is model. the original exactly yeah but I, I would say that the generation or generations model from um, Star Trek Next Generation with the big saucer front is so better good. in, in it's my opinion. So good. Oh. Like, did you you've seen generations? Oh yes. Did you feel a sense of sadness when they separated the ship and then it went plummeting to that planet? It was hard. It was cool to see it separate. I mean, I think it, they, they did it in the show a couple of times and yeah, had it separate then re re uh, reconvene back together. Right. To see it separate and then be destroyed. And that I was felt it. Really sad. Yeah, it was. I remember being. I remember being very shocked, mm. um, and like being taken aback at just like, what do you mean it's not coming back? <laughs> and like it was very kind of like jarring to me. So yeah, like it was definitely a sense of like sadness and like, and I, <laughs> I hate to say this because sometimes I can get very touchy and protective of like fandoms, but it was kind of like hurtful <laughs> in a way that it was like oh we're we just don't care anymore got it got it it's yeah. like i took it like personally for like a day <laughs> and, like not like oh you're doing this to me to see the gant but like oh you're doing this to the fans got it awesome good good job um obviously got over it moved on but yeah like i think for me when it comes to very iconic shows that have a very repetitiveness to them that still make it exciting. Yeah. I think any kind of a change, um, even a small change, can be very impactful for me. Mm. And it can be like, so like I, when I first started watching Doctor Who, I, you know, I watched the first season. I thought it was really great. I thought it was amazing. I did not, going into it, I did not understand that they changed the Doctor every season so when i went to season two and it was like a new doctor and i was like oh no 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 i enjoyed the first one that's why i came back no 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 (laughs) and it like took me a few years to like try it again because people are like oh no there are like seven seasons now and it's really great and they're like this is the current doctor and i'm like current doctor what the hell yeah they're like now it's a female and i'm like what is happening (laughs) like all i've seen is the first season and they're like no that's wild it's great and i was like what the what where did you first start watching doctor who was it at the christopher eccleston early 2000s kind of like something like that yeah he's an actor that i think should have got a second season I think I don't know if it was a conflict of interest that that oh, he left ooh. by. I'm not sure, but I, like Timothy Dalton's Bond, I think they could have got more. Um, yeah, I don't know what what happened behind the scenes, but I, I do think Eccleston could have got at least one more season before they passed the bat on to David Tennant. And don't get me wrong, I love David Tennant's Doctor Who. He's probably he's, he's probably the best out of that. I would era, agree. I would think. Yeah, but Eccleston could have got. I would have thought at least another season before yeah. swapping up. But you he know, was really good. He was. 
He's, yeah. I mean, he is still a really good actor. He's, he's oh yeah, he's on uh, stuff over here quite regularly, and he's still a great actor. But I just, I just think it's, a, it's a real shame that we didn't see him do at least one more season of Doctor Who. Yeah, you know, by going around in that TARDIS, you know, the vehicle, just swinging the conversation back, just steering the wheel back over there, you know. <laughs> We, we love tangents on this show. We love tangents because you can't script a conversation. I don't want, when I don't you're want to be sticking here going, you know, here's a, here's a question or a topic. We must discuss this and do not deviate. <laughs> because that's not right. That's not how you have a conversation with somebody. Is it? Let's be honest. You, when you talk to someone, you talk about many, many different topics. And, many things. And that, that's how conversations should be. Not scripted yeah. in any way. No. Lost my next line to say. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> With just very quickly, just going back onto the, onto the Star Trek, mm-hmm. uh, the Enterprise. Did you have a favorite Enterprise in in any form? I don't think I did. No. Um, no, I don't think I really did. Uh, I I will say I I do really like the different um, interpretations of them. What I really love seeing are these iconic transportation vehicles and units that are shown in other types of media, if that makes sense. So like, yeah. um, for example, the wildly, at least to me, popular show Black Mirror, mm. in their uh, their latest season, I think it's season four or five, they have an episode that is around kind of Star Trek. And okay. it's about this guy who is a game developer in his um, like, you know, reality. And he's really not, He's, I think he's like the head of the company, but no one really takes him seriously. And so in this world, they have all of these like very heightened technology aspects that they can use. And so when he goes home, he's able to like plug into this video game and it's kind of like a virtual reality type of a thing, but he's created it to look like the Enterprise. Wow. But like the negative of it is like he's taken people from his work that are that either don't show him enough respect or that are like rude to him or kind of give him a second thought he takes like their dna and creates characters of them in the enterprise wow and so they're kind of stuck there and so they know that they're there but their reality selves aren't there okay and so they're kind of stuck there and if they try to leave he can like because he has their dna he can bring them back in and it's it's a very like twisted concept, but you get to see around the spaceship in this episode and it's really um, influenced by the Enterprise. And like that alone, watching so much of Star Trek and knowing so much of the actual spaceship and seeing the different uh, models of it throughout the actual show and then seeing someone else's interpretation of it is amazing. And it's yeah. really cool. I've always it liked really that show is. because you do see the inner workings of the ship. Like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, you like to see inside vehicles, see how they yeah. work, how they operate. With same with next generation, for example, you, there'd be many times when you you you'd go below deck and see how the engineering department oh, works. Yes. You know how the holodeck runs, how the how the the kitchen staff cook the food, how how the yeah. guys you know go to the recreation part of the ship to relax and and unwind. It's it's very much a a family unit inside yeah. this the ship, which out, which exterior wise looks amazingly cool, yeah. amaz- amazingly futuristic, and you know you you want to be on there because it looks amazing. But it's the inner workings, how everything's powered and what runs it, that it really it really appealed to me. I remember years ago having a a manual that was like a, a car manual, you know, the inner workings of a car, but it was about an enterprise, and it shows you literally how the nacelles are powered, how it gets oh, the warp wow. speed, how 
it recreates things on the holodeck, what the ramifications are if you turn the safety features off, that kind of thing. You know, hol- oh, wow. holographic bullets can kill you because it can still penetrate your body, that kind of thing. Yeah. I did give that uh, book to a friend of mine who, as far as I'm aware, still has it. So I may I may ask to borrow it at some, at some time in the future, but we'll see about that. Sounds amazing. But I love the inner workings of things, like like, like you've said, it, to show that it, there's an element of realism to it because it explains how this can work. There are these scenes um, that I really like in shows that have that deal with magic. Okay. Um, so, like again, in Harry Potter, uh, in the Battle of Hogwarts, which is the um, in the last book, the uh, the Deathly Hallows, there is you know Voldemort is coming to the school to battle Hogwarts, but you see um, there's a scene, a very quick scene in the films where you see the inner workings of the magical locks. Okay. And there are these like wire, not wires, but there are these like uh, like magical uh, uh, how do you like lines that are and shapes, and it's re- it's really cool, and it really makes me think of like the inner working aspects. Um, it's the same thing. There's this show called Shadow Hunters, and it's based off of the book. Oh, I can't think of the book. Oh, I've done an episode about it. I can't think of it. I'll think of it later. Um, but in the show the way that they like use magic is you see them making these shapes with their fingers and their hands. And so you get to see kind of the inner workings of these magical things coming together before they form. And I feel that's a lot like when I'm seeing the inside of automobiles or inside of transportation vehicles, because you get to see the inner workings. And it's like, for me, it's kind of like peeking behind the secret door of like, oh, okay. So like now I get to see the thrusters and now I get to see like where this is coming from and, and you know, where does the hot steam get out and let out and how do we see that the rocket launchers are used? And it's, it's really exciting. And I think giving the audience the opportunity to see stuff like that. I mean, just like you said that you had the manual that showed you that's amazing stuff to give to your audience because it gives them a reason to be more engrossed in that fandom and in that show or film then it's just oh i love it it's it's great i think it's fantastic when when producers and studio people do that yeah absolutely like you say gets you more involved and more into the fandom of of whatever it is you're following before we move to the next part of the show i just want to with the harry potter mention we started this whole vehicle chat with arguably the most iconic visual image, which is Santa's sleigh, in yes. in many people's opinion. But Harry Potter himself has an iconic image in terms of vehicle, and that is the, the broomstick. I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't know if you thought that it well, was a transportation vehicle. Well, of course, it's a mode of transport. And, you know, while we're recording this, it is being done in October. So Halloween is coming and how many images are you going to see of a witch on a broomstick a warlock Uh, on a broomstick someone just holding a broomstick it's got to be up there as an iconic mode of transport you know many many spooky movies feature such an image it's got to be just just the other night i was watching hocus pocus which is an iconic halloween film i mean i know i personally watched it when i was way too young yeah um granted it was on disney so like Who's watching it young, I guess. Um, but like the Sanderson sisters, when they're on their brooms, I mean, you're right. It's very iconic to see stuff like that. Um, and then even like newer shows are still keeping up the tradition of witches and wizards on brooms with um, there's a really funny animated show 
called Duncanville. Okay. And it's about this like teenage kid in high school and it's like his life or whatever. Um, but his town, <laughs> I guess, has like a history of like witches. And so they have this like witch festival. Um, but like the kid, like the, the children get broomsticks and they like run around on broomsticks. And I think that like broomsticks and the essence of transportation are so synonymous with Halloween mm. that it's it's wonderful and amazing and I love it. <laughs> so, it's so simplistic so in its nature. You know, there's no uh, there's no batteries, there's no, no. Refu- there's no refueling, it's not leaving a carbon footprint. You just need right. magic, that's all you need. Right. And for um JK Rowling to create an entire sport around yes, it there you go to me it 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 kind of pushes away the notion of like witches and broomsticks being evil and puts it as like broomsticks are for sports or like for a fun activity yeah um i know at my university we didn't have a quidditch team but we had like intramural sports which are like um like non-sanctioned school sports but like people could come together and like you know if like nine people really like soccer but they don't want to play soccer overly competitively and want to just do it you know maybe once a month they can come together and do that and so it's like intramural non with the actual school stuff you don't have to like really try out or anything um but we had an intramural quidditch team which was amazing i am listening sorry yeah just that's amazing no you're good An intramural uh, Quidditch team. Yeah, and it was so much fun. And um, I think it was like after the third one that they had, they asked me to do some video uh, like recording of it. And so I created a um, like a commercial promotion for them. And it was amazing because these kids, these college students, (laughs) right? It's not that they're children anymore that are, you know, lost in their love for Harry Potter, but it's these college students that are getting degrees that are, you know, becoming lawyers, doctors, politicians, um, you know, artists, teachers, anything that are taking their time to like relax and have some fun and play a game that they know from a show that kind of revitalizes that fandom. Um, and it was fun. It was so much fun. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, it sounds it. Yeah. It sounds it. Um, I mean, I suppose that there are so many vehicles that we could chat about. Um <laughs> That are considered iconic. Yeah. Far too many to mention on this episode, but you know, who <laughs> right. knows? It may it may become a part two and um <laughs> we can touch on a lot more because there's so many more that I would like to get into, but um, uh, it is time so to move many. on to our okay. now returned feature. That's my okay. year. A feature where I discuss with whichever guest I have on films that came out the year they were born. Now, you were born, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, in 1994. Please, I am still young and vibrant. Still young, but you were born in 94, am I correct? I was, yes. Okay. Yours was a great year for film, I must admit. There's so many movies on here that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of quietly confident you might have seen a majority of them. I hope so. Um, so I haven't looked at anything. I well, know I said well, I would, well, but... Well, I guess it'll be a surprise for you. Won't yes, it? I'm very excited. So we'll obviously touch on a few and just get your thoughts and memories if yeah. you've seen them. Obviously, you wouldn't have seen them the year you were born because obviously that's impossible. But <laughs> I, w- I would have assumed you would have discovered them later in life. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to kick off with a- an action classic, in my opinion. 
and it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. True Lies. Have you seen True Lies? I've never even heard of it. You've never heard of True Lies? Oh, oh no. It stars oh, no. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. And oh. she's she's again back in the forefront because the new Halloween movie's coming up yes. soon as well. Oh, I love her so much. Arnold plays a spy who... As um, always. As always. And <laughs> doesn't tell his wife. He, she thinks he, he's like a computer salesman or something like that. And she stumbles across the fact that he's actually a spy and gets involved in the whole lifestyle. Hence the term True Lies because... He can't tell the truth. He's lying, but he's—it's a big action blockbuster, and um, oh my god! And I—I I love it. It's a really fun movie. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It kind check of this out. pokes fun at the likes of Bond, and um, love it already. I, I love the demographic of the fact that his his wife is completely oblivious, yeah. and yet she's being kind of conned um, by a car salesman who's pretending that he's a spy. <laughs> so she thinks she's got this double life going on. Meanwhile, her, her actual husband is a real spy and has got connections. Oh my God, it's it's no. funny. It's a good action movie. I, I do recommend it. Being an Arnie fan, it's one of my favourite movies that he's in. I'll so. have to, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Check I don't it think out. I've watched anything with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. <sighs> That's quite a statement. I know, I know. Wow. What, not even Jingle All the Way? One of the one of, his, one of the best Christmas movies ever. What what on earth? I've never <laughs> I've never heard of that. Right, this has now become an Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> education segment. Now. Okay, so... Jingle All The Way was Arnie's attempt at a festive, fun movie. No. It's a great family comedy. Oh, um, no. He plays a, a dad who's a dad. really busy. He hasn't got time mm-hmm. to spend with his, his kid. As always. And all his kid wants is the top toy at the time. It's a, an action oh. figure called Turbo Man. Only like the biggest superhero in this universe, in this movie universe. Yes. And he wants one, and you can't get them anywhere. It's like the biggest selling toy ever, and it it's him going out trying to find this toy and getting into a lot of trouble, and and crazy scenarios. But um, oh my god, it's it's funny. It's a funny film. Okay, with lots of over the top action in it, as you expect with an Arnie movie. It's very action based, of course. but it's a family comedy featuring some great scenes, and it's another one that I recommend because it's it's watched every year in our house at Christmas time. Because oh my god, I have a set bunch of films that I much watch at Christmas. The two, the first two Home Alone movies. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. The Home Alone movies, because there's only two. Thank of them you. Yeah, there's only two. There's only two. <laughs> Jingle All The Way, as, as mentioned. Um, Elf, of course. Of course. Who doesn't watch Elf? Come on, it's Elf. <laughs> Santa Claus The Movie, which is Thank an old you. movie, but it's really good. <sighs> and then, so good. rather cleverly linked, rather cleverly linked, The Santa Claus which came out in 1994. Oh, yes. Now, have you seen the Santa I Claus? I love the Santa Claus. Oh. The one we're talking about, the one with Tim Allen. Of course, we are. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I love it so much. <laughs> I love the first one. I love the second one. I love the third one. I love them. Oh, I watch them every year, so not good. just on Christmas times. I watch them all the time, <laughs> and I think I've seen the third one too many times. <laughs> It's the third, so the third good. one's with Martin Short's Jack Frost character. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't care for oh. that one as much, but oh. but it, it's it's still fun to watch. It just for me, it's the first one that really grabs me every time. So, so we do watch that every year. Every so year. Oh, Love the Santa Claus. And again, an iconic sleigh, you know. And iconic. elves with jetpacks, that's very futuristic. That's so Love cool. That. Love that. It's so good. <laughs> every version that we see of Santa has an alternative elf type. Yeah. 
Like there's a film really? called um, Arthur Christmas. I don't know if you've seen it before. It's an animated one. Oh, is that the one where the kid that like he's supposed to be like delivering mail, but then he gets like kicked out, and then he goes to no, 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 no. I'm thinking about some newer one I that I watched. I think last year, but I think I've seen Arthur Christmas. Arthur Christmas is basically he's Santa's son, but I suppose over here it's Father Christmas, so that's why his second name is Christmas. So well, yeah, and then he gets like he he's told that he has to like deliver things right and then he goes to this like place and they have like no mail am i wrong am i, think, I totally I think, wrong i think you are yeah yeah <laughs> but he's he's an obsessive like christmas not like he loves christmas so much oh oh i'm but, totally wrong never mind <laughs> but the but santa itself for father christmas as i should say it's become like a like a business as opposed to just one man oh. so it's a family business and the sleigh oh. is just this gigantic spaceship which is so big it can cover oh a town God. And make it look like the night sky, so they can all Holy come down, God. drop the presents off, get away really oh quickly. God. It looks like an Enterprise, kind of reversed. <laughs> but that's that's a really fun movie. We do watch that as well. But we've we've gone down the Christmas route, and I'm supposed to be talking. Yeah, about absolutely. Movies. So many, so many Christmas things. So many Christmas things. But you know, it's the season coming up, isn't it? It's, it's the okay. season. Comedy as well featured quite heavily in love of comedy movie films. I'm ready. There's a couple here with one of your favourite comedic actors, I say, a Mr. Jim Carrey. Ah, I love him so now, much. He's dominated 1994 with three of his possibly the best movies he's done. We'll I start... just watched a movie of his last Ooh. night, and I'm hoping that the one I watched is on your list. Let's see. We'll we'll start with Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. So I've seen it. I'm okay. not a big fan of the Ace Ventura films. Mm. They're too comedic. Like they're too cheesy for me. That's it, fair. Like if it's slap in your face, yeah. I I I just can't. Really. I, I've seen it and like, but I will say I've only seen it in the last year. Okay. Because I've heard of how like stitchy it is, and yeah. I just, I, I just can't, I can't do it. I mean, I do like that first movie. The sequel, I didn't care for. I didn't care for the third one, which was a prequel from when he was a boy, and there was oh, like a TV show, a, an animated TV show, I should say. Which oh. I didn't oh, care God. for either, but the first movie I enjoy. I still do. That's I, good. I, you know. So he's such a great actor. He is. Oh. He's very diverse as well. He was also out in the same year with another one of his iconic characters, The Mask. Oh, I love The Mask. What a great movie. What a great movie. Such an iconic film. Yes. I mean, the face alone, the green face, is so iconic. Yeah. Oh, my God. So good. Really good. Very funny. It really kind of utilized his facial expressions because he's really known from like kind of, kind of exactly face and do all these kind of impressions and whatnot yeah really utilized his uh his arsenal i suppose yes. that, he, that he could do also cameron diaz's debut in a film as a uh, oh yeah what was i think her name was it tina in it i think she was called i can oh, never I remember, can't her name remember. but that was her debut that's where she started oh um, go yeah, her yeah yeah what a, what a movie to start with yeah um, what a what a like someone to bounce off of yeah. I mean, to have your first kind of debut with Jim Carrey, that's a lot a lot of pressure. But also, like, I couldn't even imagine just how much you could learn from him. I mean, fantastic. And who didn't want to have that mask and put it on themselves? Oh, my God. Just, so just, I would love to have just the wooden mask on a shelf. Yeah, same. And I yeah. love the fact that it's based on Loki as well. I mean, not, not the Marvel yes. version, obviously, but it would have been nice <laughs> if there was a tie-in. You know, the Mask and Marvel crossover, and it's that yeah. Loki, the Tom Hiddleston Loki that made that, that would mask. Be cool. That would be really cool. I would love yeah. that. So if you listen, Hollywood, let's just have a little multiverse crossover there. You know, maybe the Mask and, and Loki kind of get get a little... Um, Hanging out? Yeah. I mean, they did yeah. acknowledge that in the second one, but I don't really want to discuss the Mask too because it was shockingly <laughs> awful. 
So we don't really want to mention that, really. Yeah, at all. <laughs> and also, again, sticking uh-huh. with Jim Carrey. Now, there's, there's been a, a mixed opinion on this one because I've gone to various sites and research and looked into this, and it's saying it's either 94 or 95, but I'm going to assume okay. it's still 94. 94. Dumb and Dumber. Again, it's one of those like slapstick comedies. Mm. I've never seen it. You've um, never seen it? I've never I I don't I don't have a lot of want to see it. I mean that's fair. Because it's so it's just it's so cheesy. Yeah. That I can't handle it. <laughs> um yeah. That's fair. I, that's fair. I can't. There was this film that was really like circling around really big in my middle school and it was called uh Dude Where's My Car? Oh. oh. I oh, I couldn't. I don't know how people watched it. Um When I first was, saw it I must admit, I, I liked it the first time I saw it, and then really? I, when I re, when I rewatched it, I was like, "Why did I like the film so <laughs> what much?" What is this? I mean, oh what? god, what? it's yeah, and like that's how I feel about a lot of like Dumb and Dumber, like yeah. Ace Ventura. It's very just like in your face. Like I get it; it's supposed to be funny. You don't have to be this big and outrageous about it. What Jim Carrey film were you hoping I was going to say? Okay, so I watched Liar Liar last oh, night. Oh no, that was a couple I of years love... later. I think that was ninety seven that came out. I love it so much. Liar Liar is a great movie. It's so good. <laughs> it's I oh my god. It's so I watch good. Jim Carrey movies so often. <laughs> I watched them recently on um on Netflix. There's a show, a Jerry Seinfeld show. Comedians in cars getting coffee. Oh, that sounds fun. And it's literally like a fifteen minute show, Jerry Seinfeld gets a classic car, picks up a celebrity, they go and have an interview and do go on a little mini adventure and grab a coffee somewhere. And Jim oh, Carrey's in one of these episodes. And it's a really good interview. He talks about all kinds of stuff that's gone on in his life, both good oh and bad. God. And it's a really good show. And I say, only about 15 minutes long, so it's easy to it's watch. Great. I recommend yeah. that. I recommend that. Comedians okay. in cars getting coffee. It's a really good show. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. But that is all of my Jim Carrey movies for this this year, I'm afraid. I mean, he did great things. Um, he he did, he did, he did. But sadly, not the film that you were hoping that was going to get mentioned. I'm sure that was 97, Liar Liar. I and, think it was. And please, uh, please, listeners, prove me wrong. Make me the Liar Liar if I've mentioned the wrong year. <laughs> so correct me if I if you need to. Another action classic. And I say, I say classic. I mean, it depends on your outlook. But the Keanu Reeves movie, Speed. Never seen You've Speed. never seen Speed. I've oh. Seen. I love Keanu. I think amazing. I will say I have not seen his newer films, any of them. Like the, like I the saw John Wick some... movies, or um, yeah, there was that I haven't one seen any was, of those. What was that one where he, he was um, like a homeowner and two girls kind of break in and I want to see him or that. Something? That oh, is that what they do? Oh, I'm sure they, they did that. I'm sure there's a scene and spoiler alert here, guys. But I'm sure there's a scene <laughs> where they kind of bury him. In, in like the garden but with just his head hanging out or something what the hell? I could be wrong I need to look into that really but um, oh my god yeah yeah I mean I only ever saw like I kept seeing the commercials for it but I just I don't know why I never because I really wanted to watch it mm. but yeah all I saw was that the girls would like come in and then there was this kind of like foreboding music of like yeah. oh shit now they're in his house yeah and I was like oh god what are they gonna do but then it like cuts off and I'm like ah, yeah. yeah things go down in the house really it's really scary Oh God! Uh, yeah, oh God. <laughs> but essentially, a speedy's a like a a cop, like an FBI guy, and there's a a bus with a bomb on it. The bus 
it gets over a certain speed and activates the bomb and it can't go below, say, like 50 miles an hour and or it will kill everyone on board. And he has That's to get on there. That's where that comes from. Yeah. It was actually on an episode of The Simpsons last night. Homer Simpson talked about it. I saw this in a movie about a bus that had to speed around the city, keeping its speed over 50. And if its speed dropped, it would explode. I think it was called the bus that couldn't slow down. Oh, my God. He, he must have said speed like six times, but he didn't know right. the movie was called Speed. <laughs> love that. Again, oh my God. our movies infiltrate other shows and how impactful oh, they are. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love it's that. fantastic. <laughs> we have a couple of animated options on here now. Ooh, I love an animated. Starting with Disney. Quite possibly one of their better films. Now, I'm not mad on the musical op- options in terms of Disney, as everyone knows. But you can't fault this one for being an ultimate classic. And it's The Lion King. Even don't, don't tell me you've not seen The Lion King. No, I've I've seen The Lion King, but um, I have a lot of controversial opinions. Hey, I don't know if it's controversial. Go for it. But we love I controversy have a lot of people on this show. That, that have yelled at me about this. Oh really? Why? I uh, it's a really good soundtrack. Correct. Yes, I, I agree. It's with a that. phenomenal soundtrack. I I don't know if it's because maybe I haven't watched it in a very long time, mm. but I I just I just don't think it's that great of a movie wow. like i think it's fine but i also haven't seen it in maybe over 15 years mm, okay and well, i'm maybe quite young discover it maybe <laughs> right so like maybe i should rewatch it but like yeah from what i remember like it's i don't know it's nothing like major but unfortunately like, i feel the same way about tarzan but i know that tarzan is like a really great film from what people have said i just haven't watched like a lot of the disney animated shows i haven't watched it since i was under the age of 10 okay so like maybe i should like rediscover them yeah this and, could like, be the perfect my time opinion. to do it yeah yeah why not but it's great to know that the lion king came out the same year i was born i had no idea and now i can i can say that as a fun fact <laughs> you have a bit of a, a fandom towards the likes of anime am i wrong uh, or am i right I sure do. I sure do. Well, I looked this up and it, it was only released in Japan. However, there was a Sailor Moon movie released in 94. Uh, I've never seen the movie of Sailor Moon, but I've watched I've watched the Sailor Moon show countless times. Well, then you can relate to it. And I'm not a fan of okay. those particular types of shows, but oh. I thought it was it was interesting that you being so a fan bad. of anime that you would. I appreciate that. Appreciate, yes. yes, that's the word. I, I don't know why I struggled to get the word appreciate. That, no, but yeah, you're... you'd appreciate that. Yes, yes. <laughs> also. With mm-hmm. us talking about Star Trek earlier, Star Trek Generations came out in 1994. It sure did. So, what a great claim to fame. You oh. know, we had Star Trek Generations and you at the same time. I mean, know. how can you get better? Well, I could top that by saying I was born in 77, which is when Star Wars came out. So, you know. <gasps> okay, so you can top it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You're better than me. I get it. It's a matter of perspective, okay? We, we Both good and bad reasons across the board there, you know, depending on your outlook on life. Right. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> we also have a couple of horrors as well that came Ooh, out. We have... Not the biggest of horror watchers, but let's go. Nor am I, but <laughs> two here that that I've, I've written down because they're kind of two ends of a, of a spectrum. We have Interview sure. with the Vampire Star and Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Ooh, Which, I've never... I, I love both of them. Well, I haven't seen too many Brad Pitt films, but I love Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks? It was Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise? Don't... <laughs> never mind. My apologies. I I immediately heard Tom, and I was like, Hanks. 
Do you know that that movie may have been improved if it, if it was Tom Hanks as the vampire? I, lo- I love Tom Hanks so much. Oh my god! There's um, there's there's got to be some kind of uh, some kind of mashup there where someone puts Tom Hanks instead of Tom Cruise in there. That'd be so cool. I think it was also I was watching um, the Terminal the other day, so that's oh, probably yeah. why I think Tom Hanks. Oh, <laughs> that movie always makes me cry. <laughs> does he actually get to leave the terminal, or does he stay mm-hmm. in there? He gets to yeah. Spoiler alert: He does yeah. eventually leave, but it's oh, it's just such a oh, such a heartbreaking. Oh my god! And he's such a good actor. Tom Hanks is a good actor, to be fair. He really is. <laughs> and I'm watching Castaway in a week. <gasps> Wilson, Wilson, I'm sorry, Wilson. Oh, I love Castaway. It's funny that because um, about a week or so ago, it, it seems to be on all the time over here. But Bridesmaids was on with their uh, Kristen Wiig. <sighs> There's a scene in it when her character goes back to live with her mum and the mum <laughs> says, do you know what's just come on the Netflix? Castaway with Tom Hanks. I'm like, oh my God, okay. Oh and they're God, watching right. that scene where, the, where he's screaming for Wilson as he's floating away. It's a great movie, Castaway, it really is. It's so, if you guys haven't watched Castaway, do it. It's amazing. It, it's gonna it really is. take you on a whirlwind of emotions, that film. Yeah, oh my God. Really good. Oh, it's like, I if you like Survivor... Yeah, if you like the sh- if you like the show Survivor, you'll really love Castaway. I'd rather be a a member of the, the Survivor show than the Naked and Afraid show because I can't stand that. Oh my, that is one of the stupidest things. Well, there's a dating version now, world. isn't there as well? Is there? So it's like Naked and Afraid and dating, or so or something like that. So essentially, it's the same premise of of Naked and Afraid, but but you're on a date as well. So it's oh, so it's not like they're already dating. No, no, it's, it's, it's yeah. You've just met me. Oh. I'm naked. Yeah. Shall we go out? And also, can we go and find some fish in the river? You, you oh, know. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Oh. It's a strange one. It really is. You know, someone out there thought it would be worth filming, so they've done it. It's out there now. I, I mean, that's how I feel about all of these new shows about marrying someone the first time you meet them. Oh, like, it's really big over here now. That oh. is the wildest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's crazy. Just crazy. Oh, my God. Uh, we've just had, I think, the UK version. I think that might have just finished now, but now they've started airing the Australian version. Oh so, yeah, it's it's becoming a global thing now. People are getting married without knowing the person. Mm. Yeah, it's wild. It is crazy. Uh, it's it's TV, you know. It's I guess so. But, oh you know, I, I, there must be some kind of clause in there. You know, once the filming's finished and we say cut, you can then file for divorce. You know, great. Just... Well, in I know that in, because I watched a season of one of them for an episode I'm doing. Um, but it's called uh, Married at First Sight. Yes, that's what we have, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and so, like, I think it's, like, when the show is, like, I think it's, like, when it's close to being over. I think it's, like, six or seven weeks. They can get, like, the, they can get divorced, but they can't get it, like, annulled. Oh. Which is, like, what the fuck? Yeah, because then you've got to split half of your life with a divorcee. Because you can't do a prenup, I'm assuming you can't do a prenup before the show because you don't know the person. Exactly, yeah. So, like, oh, oh, it's just, it's wild. It's one of the worst ideas, in my opinion. I mean, could you imagine being in the in the boardroom when they pitch that idea for a TV show? Wow, they must have all been well, smoking something that day, surely. Could you imagine if, when your kids get older, and if one of them comes to you and says, hey, I'm getting married... And you say, who? You haven't been dating anyone. Oh, I, d- I don't know who. I'll meet them at the altar. Oh, my God. Like, that's... Because wh- these people have to tell their family. Yeah. And their friends. And they're like, yeah, you don't know who they are. I don't know. I've never met them. Don't know what they look like. Don't know if, you know, they're wild and v- feral. <laughs> wild and feral. <laughs> you never God. know. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh it's wild to me. <laughs> it's a scary thing. It really is. And speaking of scary... 
the other horror movie I forgot to mention. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> nice, nice the way you got me back onto that. Thank you very much. Are you a fan of Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, I've never seen him. Because this was the year when they released the new Nightmare, Wes Craven's new Nightmare, which is essentially all the actors that were in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise were terrorised by a spirit who took on the persona of Freddy Krueger. So it wasn't Freddy Krueger, it was a ghost or ghostly apparition that used the same imagery. So these actors were playing themselves in real life, but a, you know, any, any evil spirit was taking the yeah, the imagery of Freddy Krueger. and Was it like a reality life. type of a thing? Kind of. It was... It was or... set in the same universe, however, they, the actors were playing themselves and not their on-screen characters, oh, but were still being terrorised by a Freddy Krueger character. Interesting. It, it I've was, not heard of that. Mm, it, it was a flop. <laughs> not great. It was a flop, yeah. but you know. Sounds like it. Yeah, it was the last, um, oh, one of the last portrayals of Freddy Krueger by Robert Englund, I think, between that and when he did Freddy vs. Jason, which I actually love, but it's a terrible movie, but I do love it. I must admit, I, I like the idea of uh, Freddy Krueger using martial arts on Jason. I think it's a great idea. It doesn't really look good on screen, but still, that's my that's my money's worth there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I will end this uh, this movie section with the Shawshank Redemption, a Stephen oh. King classic. Oh yes. Now that's oh, yes, a great yes. movie. Mm-hmm. I can't count how many times I've seen it. It's got to be maybe I don't know forty, fifty times, something like that. Oh wow. Um, really emotional great version of a classic book yeah and um again one I, one i'll watch countless times it's it's really well portrayed on screen great actors morgan freeman in morgan it. freeman is it yeah sorry yeah yeah it was morgan freeman mm-hmm. um and um it's that that scene at the end when tim robbins character gets to escape and he gets to you know goes through the tunnel and he's got the, yeah. the rain on him and it's kind of like that release of i'm free mm-hmm. and he sees him on that beach at the end and you know, they just meet each other and hug and, you know, it's going to have a nice life Ugh. together. It's just, after all they've it's been so through in that good. prison, it's so, like you say, it is so good. The yeah. stuff they've had to go through in that prison, the the beatings and the, the death that's been issued to other prisoners and yeah. the emotional trauma. It's just a great movie. and again, It really is. One I'm happy to rediscover time and time again. So it's quite a mixed bag there when you were born. We had mm-hmm. action, we had comedy, we had emotional dramas, we had horror, you know, a Japanese anime classic, potentially. <laughs> We well, have it all. We have it. We have it all. And also, yeah. I just throw it in at the last minute. Beverly Hills Cop Three. There you go. It was. You know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Just last minute. Just last minute. <laughs> the other aspect I like to discuss on that's my year is toys that were out of the year of birth. Now, oh. there weren't a great deal of what I would consider iconic toys when when you were born. The only toy that dominated everything was the Mighty Power Rangers. Oh, Did you yes. own any Power Rangers when you were younger? So I didn't, but my brother did. What did he have? And so like, that was fun. And so we would play together with our toys. Yeah. Um, so he would always get them for like Hanukkah. Okay. And my family would always send me presents that I was not super into. They always sent me like <laughs> Barbie dolls and these like uh, fake baby things. And I was oh, like, yeah. that's not what I want. <laughs> I want action figures. Of course. <laughs> like what the heck <laughs> so he would always get them and he really liked playing with my barbies so we would like make them fight oh cool um oh but power rangers was iconic and fantastic and i do remember in elementary school kids would like bring their power ranger action figures to school yeah and you would like play with them at recess um or show them you know for show and tell so yeah they were they were amazing and fantastic i didn't know that they were kind of created and brought out 
or I guess not created or brought out. They were just very heightened during yes. that year. That's fun. I like that. Would you say you were a fan of Power Rangers as a, as an entity? I don't think on my own I was. Um, but growing up, we had family friends and they had a son that was two years younger than me. And we were very, very close. Hmm. So when I would go to their house for like sleepovers, him and I, we would watch a lot of Power Rangers together. Okay. And that was really fun. Of course, then like in the mornings, we would watch this like animated dog show that I didn't realize was about Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> but it's called uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that. we watched that because we both loved dogs. But Power Rangers was something that him and I really enjoyed together. And it wasn't really something that I did like on my own. I did it like with my brother or with him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's a nice kind of ending to the the chat because with Power Rangers they had they had individually iconic vehicles in the form of you know dinosaur yes. robots and so on. But when they combine to make that gigantic robot, a bit like you know Transformers, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, look really cool on screen. Yes, we know it's a guy in a suit. We know it's you know, cardboard buildings and whatnot. Right. But the idea of each one having her own vehicle and transforming it into a giant Ugh. robot with a sword and lightning and so on was great. We all wanted it's amazing. Wanted them, and the toy lines were just phenomenal. And they still are. There's still there's still Power Ranger shows being made oh, yeah. now. And they're still oh, collectible. Yeah. So yeah. It was a it was a great year for you in terms of it merchandising was. toys and movies. You did really well there. Really well. I I appreciate it. I worked very hard. You did. You, you produced some quality <laughs> stuff. You really did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know what that was about then I don't know um, so what I would like to do is uh, is I'd like to ask you to let people know how they can follow your journey where can they find you what you're all about at Let's Talk Fandoms yeah um, so again my name is Tazita Gant you can find me really all over the place I'm on Instagram Twitter what else am I on I'm on Instagram <laughs> Twitter I'm on Facebook I'm on TikTok so you can find everything under Let's Talk Fandoms Podcast um, that's through all things um, if you want to find me personally my Instagram is Gant Grams which is just my last name and then Instagram so Gant Grams and then on TikTok, I or not on TikTok, on Twitter, I am Tazita Tweets. So there's that. And then uh, in the new coming year, I am launching a second podcast called Into the Tavern. And it is a D&D adventure campaign yes. uh, with me and some college friends. So if you are interested in that, you can find us on the same platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook under into the tavern and that'll be launching in november is it november february in february of 2022 yeah and then i have another project i'm working on but that's much later so i'll inform you guys later about that wow you're a very busy lady (laughs) i am and i'm also working on a book wow wow shameless plug there no i'm joking i'm joking i'm joking it's cool. It's cool. You've got a lot going on. And I feel like it's I've fun. got my hands full and I'm not doing anywhere near the amount of work that you are. But, it's um, a lot of fun. It's, it it's really fun. Um, and it's exciting to like bring other people into it because with this podcast, it's just me, which is great because I can micromanage it as much as I want um, and shape it to how I want. But with the second podcast, I am working with other people. So now I have to get their input, but now I'm also getting a lot of feedback that I wasn't getting from my initial podcast. Mm. And then with the second project I'm working on, I'm working with my best friend and we're so alike and so different that the project we're working on is really turning into something amazing and exciting. And then the book, again, that's just me, but um, it's a lot of fun. 
exciting times. I, I'm Very. really um, looking forward to seeing where all these different things that you're doing <laughs> go to. The journey you're on is really, it's amazing I to see. I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm excited to be part of it. I, I, I can say anyone that's podcasting and who's got the time for me, I've got more than enough time for them. <laughs> so I, I get to see what you're up to and, and it's been a great thing to see and, and be, you know, I can say I'll be a part of and, and watch and oh. interact with. In terms of myself, everyone knows by now all the socials at all at Davy Tenmans. I also have now had a TikTok. Hooray. Surprise, oh surprise. God. Bombshell. Surprise, surprise. Just dropped a little uh, little surprise there. I'm a little on knowledge TikTok. bomb. Yes. The, the, you know, the, uh, what was the earlier one? It was um, the knowledge vehicle, was it? Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, vehicle of knowledge. Vehicle of knowledge. That was the one, yeah. Uh, so I, I've, I've joined the TikTok bandwagon. It's very early days. So <laughs> don't expect a lot that. of content right now. However, <laughs> If you do want to go onto TikTok, it's give that 10 mins. So it's slightly different to all the other contacts, everything else is at AVA 10 mins. But for TikTok, it's give that 10 mins. In the coming months, coming days, I'll be posting stuff on there as well as all the social medias. So by all means, follow me, like, subscribe, and get in touch if you want any specific topics or you want to just comment. I'd love to get some feedback whether it's good or bad. And I expect any constructive criticism to be thrown my way, and I do appreciate it. And anyone that's been listening, Obviously, your time is precious, so I thank you for taking that time with us today. It's always great to kind of chat with you, uh, whether it be, you know, like we're doing now or just, you know, we exchange messages from time to time. It's always nice to catch up and, and message. I yeah. hope this has been fun for you. Oh, it's been nothing but fun. Nothing it has been fun. absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, and just a, 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 a back-end knowledge for all you listeners, Davey and I were supposed to record last week. But um, of course, I got home and my entire building was flooded with police and ambulance and there was a fire alarm that went off. So unfortunately, we had to, we had to wait another <laughs> week. Yeah, it's frustrating when you sat down ready to press record and then you get a message saying, I'm sorry, the building's on fire. But wow, I've never been given that excuse before. I've had many an excuse, but not uh, the building's on fire or oh, there's an alarm going off. So it's a new one. So, so well done for using some new and original material to fob me off. <laughs> I felt so bad because I literally parked I was coming in and then the alarms went off and people were flooding out the building and I was like I got plans to do I got things I can't that's not okay like what are you guys doing oh bless you I'm just glad it worked out in the end and we, ma we managed to do me the too. episode me too yeah and I can't wait to have you on my podcast I'm very excited for us to do this again but basically on my end yeah I'm, I am I love being a guest because there's no work involved for me apart from talking right so, you this know, is it's... amazing it's I do. Great. I just show up. Exactly. Just turn up. I, I promise that I, I won't have any any fire alarms going off. I may think of something original, <laughs> like I, I've just been asked to go into space or something. I, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, think, I'll definitely be there. I'll definitely be there. But um, seriously, though, yeah, it's it's very kind of you to come on. I do appreciate you being a guest today. And like you say, I'll, I'll join you when yeah. the time comes. But uh, anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome. And guys, thanks for listening. I'm going to sign off for now, but I uh, I'll speak to you all soon. Take care, everyone. Bye.